0: Good morning. So it's good to be here with you. This is Heritage Sunday, so there's several families over at the sanctuary right, uh, getting ready to worship uh, over there uh, as we celebrate our German heritage and the 175 years that we've been able to be in ministry here uh, as a congregation and a community of believers. Uh, So one of the reasons why we've had the the old confession and uh, touch points and just, hey kids, this is important for you to get something out of it also, is because you're our legacy moving forward and and we want to, to make sure that you you know who Jesus is, and you can share that also today. Not to be too cliche, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway because Valentine's is tomorrow. So that's my public service announcement for those that weren't aware. Um, but uh, we're going to we're going to reflect on this idea of beautiful hearts. So maybe just for the next couple of moments. Uh, who comes to your mind, you don't have to say this out loud, but who comes to your mind or, or what qualities or traits do you see in people that, that you would say, yeah, they have a beautiful heart. And, and while you're doing that, if you'd allow me uh, a few minutes to just reflect on a couple of very special people in my life uh, that I would say have a beautiful heart, and one would be my daughter. My daughter. Right? Very beautiful heart. Uh, Daviana has a condition that doesn't allow her to, to communicate very clearly all the time. She, words, informing words, are, are a challenge. So she may think she wants to say something, but it doesn't always come out the same way. But as a, uh, as a mom and a dad, we've been working with her, and she's learned a couple of phrases. Le- recently, one of those phrases was, What happened? And the other phrase was, Where did it go? So about three or four nights ago, we're in the living room when she's playing and she's got one of her Barbies and she's kind of doing one of these things. And all of a sudden we hear this, what happened to your hair, daddy? Where did it go? (laughs) Wow, clear as day. We're just laughing, right? How do you respond to that? That's true. All right. And So just a beautiful heart, just the innocence of children and, and how special it is to just see uh, the love that they have. And, and they're sponges. They're, they're learning, right? They're, moms and dads, you bringing your kids to church, they're learning. They're seeing and, and they're They're doing some special things as they watch you and what you're doing as you live out your life of faith. The other special person undoubtedly is my wife uh, who's poured out so much of love and and her heart and, and time and energy into our daughter and our relationship and just grateful for that. I do want to share another beautiful set of hearts that I was privileged to be around the last three days. I was uh, privileged to be in part of a course that was aimed at helping people that are experiencing crisis. So life's events that have happened uh, have been so overwhelming for maybe these individuals that we're working with uh, that they don't even have the ability to cope anymore. They are overwhelmed. They are in crisis. Their normal coping skills aren't working. What they did before isn't helping them through the situation that they're finding. And so there are some tools and tricks that, that people who are a little bit more not in crisis can help. And I had the opportunity to take this course, and there were 34 of us. Most of them were mental health workers. Some were, uh, excuse me, most of them were EMS workers, fire, rescue, uh, emergency room nurses. You had police. We even had a a person in the U.S. geological services, Uh, because there are times where events happen that are so overwhelming and so tragic that it just you just need a way of of decompressing and so I was privileged to be a part of this community for three days where I heard the stories and I listened to the challenges and the trials and the traumas that these individuals were been through or helping others through. And not only did I see beautiful hearts of men and women who were willing to lay their life on a line or use their skills to help people who were in need, but I saw courageous hearts and I saw generous hearts because there was not a single person there that was going through that training that was going to get an extra penny for doing the work that they were doing. Absolutely beautiful. Hey, I see you're hurting. I want to make sure that you have what you need to make it through this. And this was peers, this was fire helping fire, police helping police, EMS helping EMS, nurses helping nurses, mental health workers there as as a ground, just another layer of support. Uh, And so it just made me grateful for the beautiful hearts and and the way that God has wired us uh, to use our gifts to benefit other people. But the reality is my definition of a beautiful heart and those people that came to your mind uh, for a beautiful heart... um, Don't get us into eternity. Just because we have a beautiful heart or just because we do some things doesn't fix the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. And and God lays out in His scriptures a beautiful heart. And and, and the very first praise song that's written down for His people to sing, Psalm 1, uh, says this: It says, Blessed is the man, okay, or or some translations, blessed is the one. Who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Let me unpack that for just a little bit. God is laying this out there. He's saying, I created you to have a beautiful heart. But because of sin, that beautiful heart is dead. It's not beating. It has no life in it. It's cut off from me, your creator. Eternally, And he's saying that there are those who will kind of associate with sinful activity. They're, they're, They're curious about it, right? So those are the ones that are walking, as the scripture says here, in the counsel of the wicked. And then those are those that are like, ooh, this is good. And they just stand there with the sinners. And so they're associating themselves with the sinners. And then there are those that sit and scoff. You aren't real. You're nothing, God. I don't need you. They don't say it out loud, but they live it that way. Right? Those are hearts that are cut off from God. And in God's economy, they're dead. Sin has marred that beautiful creation. But God says, this is a beautiful heart. The one that delights in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night he, he gets it from his head and he's spending time in, in God's word or she is spending time in God's word and they're meditating on it regularly and they're living it out this this beautiful heart where it only can be changed and transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit right apart from God apart from the Holy Spirit one one pastor puts it this way let me quote it he's a gentleman by the name of A.W. Tozer He's a Christian missionary alliance pastor And he says We know the wildest thing in the universe Is not, excuse me, the widest thing In the universe is not space But it is a potential capacity Of the human heart Let me pause there our hearts can get big. Our hearts can grow. We, we can encounter people and we can just open up our hearts to them and, and do some amazing things to help one another. And, and that's what I saw over the last three days is people helping people, right? But the challenge is, and what I think has made the last two and a half, two years or so with this pandemic so challenging is this. But one of the world's greatest tragedies is that we allow our hearts to shrink Until there's no room in them for little else than ourselves. But what we really need is a good heart ready to accept the will of God and the needs of others. You see, we need to put ourselves last. Lean into the Lord and and, and live as he would have us live and open up our hearts uh, to other people. You see, Christians aren't supposed to be like self-centered, self-righteous Self, 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 people. It's not about us. We've been crucified, right? We've been crucified in our baptism. Our, our, our old sinful self has been drowned, and yet we run to it on a regular basis. We love the darkness, we, we love the, the sinful things, and we hold on to it. Or maybe we don't, but we don't know a way out. But God's promised to always give us a way out of those temptations. And what pains God should pain us. What pains God should pain us. If we see people who are hurting, we should be quick to check in on them. Right. Some of you are struggling with what I would call right now maybe a broken heart because of life's situations our girls as they were dancing they were dancing to a song that that talked about there's nothing so dirty right some of you may be struggling with a shame filled heart because of the decisions the choices the actions the, the things that you've done in your life And maybe it's led to broken and fractured relationships, maybe it's led to things like divorce, maybe it's led to you being cut off from your loved ones. Maybe it's led to you uh, to self-medicate through alcohol or substance abuse, and your life is just falling apart at the seams and you don't know where to go. The reality is is even a church can be filled with people that have broken hearts. And there might be a very real possibility that the person that you're sitting next to is going through a world of hurt. But they don't necessarily feel safe or comfortable sharing it with you right now. But we can watch out for them. We can do life together with one another. And we can use God's word as a foundation for living and loving one another. Colossians says it this way. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdoms and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's starting out of a position that says, Lord, I I, I don't deserve anything that you've given me, but in your mercy and in your compassion, you've given me life. You've taken this dirty, shame-filled, broken heart that was dead because of the sin that's inside of me, and you've allowed it to beat with the power of your Holy Spirit. So every heartbeat that I have, every breath that I draw is a gift that you've given to me that I want to be able to use to make a difference in your kingdom. There's nothing so dirty, Lord, that's outside of your reach and mercy. You made sure of that. And you've given me life. And God's word communicates that in a love letter to each one of us on a regular basis. We let our hearts beat for him. We, we fill our hearts and our minds with the things of God, right? And, and there's a, an author I have no idea who wrote this, but I think it's beautiful when it comes to just the riches of God's word. And so I'm going to put this on the screen so you can kind of just uh, read along silently as I'm sharing it with you. So the Bible, or the book, is the mind of God. It's the state of man, it's the way of salvation, it's the doom of sinners, it's the happiness of believers. I pray that when you are going into God's word, that you find a connection with your creator, and and, and you see these truths that are going to be on the screen. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts or its commands are binding, its history is true, everything in God's word is true. Its decisions are immutable, or that big word means unchangeable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, comfort to cheer you. It's a traveler's map. It's a pilgrim's staff. It's the pilot's compass. It's a soldier's sword. It's a Christian's character. How should we live? Well, God's core values are all over it. And we want our life to reflect his values Here in the scriptures, we have paradise restored, heaven opened, the gates of hell disclosed, Christ is the grand subject, our good is its design, and the glory of God is its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, guide the feet, read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It's a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. Follow its precepts and it will lead you to Calvary, to the empty tomb, to a resurrected life in Christ and yes, to glory itself, life eternal. That's all of the beauty in the passages that God has given us. It's, it's the greatest love letter that's ever been written. And it points us to the one who wants us to have life and have that beating heart, right? But here's the thing. That love letter became enfleshed in human flesh. God sent his son to a broken world that was filled with shame and sin. And we get the greatest truth that sometimes love hurts. When we see Christ going to the cross on our behalf. Your sin. Your sin filled, dirty, shame heart. God didn't want to leave you like that. And he allowed himself to be ultimately hurt. He allowed himself to die, to pay the penalty of the price of sin, which is eternal damnation, which is being cut off from our Creator, Free Harbor, which is which is being dead, not existing. In the eyes of the Creator. And Jesus made a way for that to happen. And He had a little phrase that He said Father, forgive them. You've heard today that your sins are forgiven. We never want to take that for granted. You've heard to say that there is no, today that there is nothing so, so dirty in your life. That Jesus Christ and his work on the cross hasn't covered by his blood and his righteousness and he pours that out to you and he anchors you in his life and his love. So what do we do in the meantime? Lord, you've given us a gift. Yes, I recognize that every beat, every breath is a gift from you and I want to use it all to your glory. And and so there's a a couple of things that we can do. Kids, um, on the way out of church... There's these little Valentine's cards. Some of them have the Bible passages on them. Some of them have words like, I just love you. And so maybe on your way out of church, you can pick a couple of these up and you can give it to special people in your life, right? Maybe somebody that just needs a little extra touch, a little extra word of encouragement, a little reminder that God sees them and is with them, right? This one happens to be John three sixteen for God so loved the world. It's a beautiful one, right? But kids, you have a beautiful heart and you have a gift that you can communicate to a world that desperately needs to hear it. You have love in your heart and the world needs more love, Christian love.